Kay Cunningham had a fantastic game against the Utah Jazz. We'll talk about his game and some quotes we heard from Dwayne Casey after the game on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. I'm your host, per usual, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast, obviously, at Lockdown Pistons. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And this episode is the final episode of this wacky schedule we had this week because of the Western Road Trip. We'll be right back to our early in the morning releases each day for you guys who are driving to work and listening or dropping kids off at school that are listening, all those kind of things. We'll be right back to our normal schedule next week. Uh, so, yeah, again, this is the final episode you guys will have to deal with of a wacky schedule and, and a little bit unordinary. Um, but let's not waste any time. Kate Cunningham had a great game yesterday. Dwayne Casey also has some quotes after the game that we want to talk about. But to join me to talk about all this, we have friend of the podcast, Bryce Simon, host of the Motor City Podcast. You guys all know Bryce very well. Bryce, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm glad you asked me on. Uh, I have a we have a, our team has a big game tonight, playing for the league championship here, um, Saturday night, uh, eight Eastern Detroit time, and so this takes my mind off of it a little bit. Lets me uh, talk some Pistons. So I appreciate you asking me on. I'm excited to do it as always. Absolutely. I, I wish I could say that you know talking about the Pistons will relax you a little bit, but you <laughs> might get a little frustrated talking about them, even though we got a good game from yesterday from Kay Cunningham. That might keep us a little bit cheerful and happy. Uh, Bryce, obviously, Kay, like I said, he had a tremendous game yesterday against the Utah Jazz, who have Rudy Gobert, tremendous rim protector, might be the best defensive player in the league. Uh, but Kay had his way yesterday. He started off the game, I believe, 7 of 8 from the field. Uh, he started to tail off a little bit shooting-wise towards the end, uh, but he was affecting the game at all different levels. He was passing the ball, finding guys open, attacking from the from the paint, mid-range, three-point arc. Uh, just what did you take away from Cade's game against Utah? Just one of his, I think that might be one of his best games of the year. Yeah, I thought he looked good. Um, this was a game where I followed on Twitter, followed the box score, and then I had to watch after the fact because we had a game Friday night, the semifinal game. So I kind of knew that he was going to play well. So, you know, whenever you know that, you kind of watch for it even more. That first quarter stretch was really nice, Koo. Like, you talked about it, but he really does have a bag. Like, that's the one thing about uh, Cade Cunningham. I think he hit a three maybe behind a ball screen. He hit a mid-range, which I do think he's starting to look a little more comfortable in the mid-range, like true mid-range, that – Three to 10 feet, maybe the floater game. I still want to see more. But then he had a lefty finish. I think he's a really good finisher with his left. And then he had the reverse finish where he went up and finished, you know, kind of in an awkward way with like almost his back to the basket. So I, I just continually am impressed with his bag, um, the, the just different ways he can score. I know he wasn't quite as efficient late in the game. He still isn't getting to the free throw line a, a bunch. Um, but I do think it's interesting. Some Rockets fans have started complaining about Jalen Green not getting foul calls. So maybe it's just a rookie thing, right or wrong. Maybe it's just the way it is. Yeah, I, I think he's, to, to be fair to Cade, at least in my opinion, I feel like he is making a concerted effort to get to the basket more and try to get more physical to get foul calls. We've seen him chirp with referees for like the past two weeks. Like, I believe yesterday, uh, yeah, it, was, it definitely was yesterday. He drove to the rim, had one of those uh, baseline drives, when he finished right underneath the rim and he screamed and one at the referees because he was just getting so frustrated with not getting foul calls. So he's not getting foul calls. I do agree. I think it's just by him being a rookie, but I, I personally feel like he's 
definitely adjusted. If you guys remember earlier in the year, we talked about on the podcast that a lot of his shots were just coming from beyond the arc. He wasn't mixing it in well. He was he was forcing a lot of shots from deep and wasn't really getting to the rim and getting to his spots. Now I think that's something he's completely – well, I won't say completely fixed. That's going to be something he has to continue to work on moving forward. But he's done a really good job, I thought, since the beginning of the year. So, like, for example, yesterday he had 23 shot attempts. Only four of those came from deep. Uh, so he's, he's finding ways to attack from each area. Eventually the foul calls will come, but – I think I really do think this was one of Cade's best games of the year. He had 25 points, six rebounds, five assists, three blocks, two steals, only two turnovers, which is I think is pretty good for him. Uh, he's been dealing with turnover issues, but t- two turnovers, I think you take that. Uh, there was a stretch in the third quarter that I really want to talk about because obviously we all know Cade's great offensively. He's incredibly skilled. By the way, he had that one Kobe Bryant type of footwork, spin, half spin, fade away. That was just beautiful. That right there was just fantastic but there was a stretch in the third quarter I wanted to talk about where it wasn't his offense it was his defense who that like completely went off the charts he had like three back-to-back-to-back plays that he made uh off it wasn't on ball it was more off ball like you mentioned it yesterday I don't know if you rewatched I know you asked this before you before you rewatched it. I don't know if you ended up seeing this or or this part stood out to you or not um uh, but he he was playing off ball. There was one play where Sadiq gambled for the steal at the top of the key, and Cade made a grit rotation over as the guy tried to cut down the middle and forced a turnover. Another one, he cut off a bounce pass to Rudy Gobert, I believe it was, to the paint. Just three straight plays of him stealing the ball and directly leading to transition opportunities. I think defensively yesterday, I think that's probably one of the best defensive performances we've seen from him thus far in his young career. Yeah, and I think – I think it was Keith, was it Keith Black? Somebody on Twitter is talking about how his back-to-back, the second of back-to-backs, which would have been the Sacramento game where he was in foul trouble and people thought he was low energy, um, that when he had zero days rest, essentially have been some of his worst games, offensively and defensively. This game, he obviously had two days rest since that Sacramento game. And it just, you could tell, excuse me, just one day rest, I guess. But he did get a day off in between those games. And you could tell the energy level was up. So maybe it was a combination of both. He had only played like 20 minutes in the Sacramento game. He didn't necessarily play well. So he came back kind of re-energized. And I do think we see a little bit ups and downs. But don't you think that's kind of normal for a rookie, maybe struggling with those back-to-backs? You don't do that in college. It's not – I mean, he's already played more NBA games than he probably played college games or getting close to anyway. And he, so there's this article that came out Bleacher Report, his little interview. He has passed the amount of games he's played in his college career already. Yeah. So like, it's just, I, I know we want to say like, this is all they do. They get paid to be professionals, but like, I mean, I feel like some of us have probably had a job where like the first year of it, you're like, Oh my gosh, like this is a lot. Like, and so I, I feel like we're going to see him. What will be interesting with him is when he comes back next year, do we see a better conditioning? Do we see him be- better able to handle that? And I think that goes into something we'll talk about, you know, next segment or the final segment of maybe him playing off ball a little bit more as well and how much that can help also. Yeah, Bryce just took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, he's obviously a rookie. He might be hitting a rookie wall with that. They're not accustomed to, like you said, the schedule of the NBA. At some point, every rookie ends up dealing with it at a certain point. But then also, can the team do something to help him out a little bit better and take some of that pressure off him? And some of the quotes from Dwayne Casey after the game, may signal to that, but also when you hear these quotes and you hear my takes, you'll understand why I am just so incredibly frustrated and was so, I'm so irritated with the quotes that Dwayne Casey had. And we'll talk about that when we come back from the ad break. But first, 
I got to tell you guys about one of our favorite sponsors, BetOnline AG. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for the 2022 season. New year, a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. So again, go check out their new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And make sure you go check out our YouTube channel, obviously, at Lockdown Pistons. Subscribe. It's the best way to support the podcast. We are nearing 1,400 subscribers. I can't believe we've gotten there so quickly. Uh, I appreciate all the support and all the support you guys show the podcast and me in general. But, again, best way to support the podcast. You want to find a way to make your voice heard, go over to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Comment down below in the videos. Comment in the little discussion tabs. I love interacting with all you guys. Go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, but Bryce, we kind of talked about it a little bit. Cade has shown that he gets tired, uh, and he's 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 having trouble at times dealing with not only the NBA season uh, and playing back to backs, but sometimes I feel like all of us have seen that he's struggling a little bit to handle all of the ball handling responsibility and all of the everything that's put on his shoulders for the Pistons within a game. Now, obviously, part of that is because the Pistons simply just don't have that much talent. And he's the best talent on the team, best scorer on the team, all that. And he's naturally going to have that kind of load. So there's part of that that has to do with simply the roster not being that good. And he has to do some of it. However, and as I've been pointing out for a large majority of this season and into the offseason, a lot of that just simply has to do with, I feel like, the coaching staff kind of setting him up, not giving him, uh, I, I won't say set up to fail. That, that would be fair. That, that wouldn't be right to say. But I would say not, not, not putting him in the absolute best positions to succeed. Uh, when we, me and Bryce talked about Kay Cunningham in the offseason before the Pistons even won the first overall pick, and when they did, when we talked about why Cade should be that pick, it's because Cade is is so multifaceted offensively and so and is capable of affecting the game in so many different areas that he's just the most complete player in this draft. And the thing is, that I feel like the Pistons and Pistons fans have have failed to realize about Kay Cunningham is that Cade was not billed to be. This what, what what do you want to compare it to? Like the James Harden Rockets when he's Luka just, Doncic, right? Like yeah, Luka Doncic Luka. is because play style and all that similar, but Luka's very what, what's the term heliocentric that everybody yes, likes heliocentric. To, so like Luka's the one that like I, I feel like is the one that makes the most comparable sense to Cade. Yeah, the one who just operates the entire ball handling responsibilities has a usage rate of like north of thirty percent. Everything goes through him. If anything's being created offensively, it's through Cade through Luca, it's all that kind of stuff. And that's just, that wasn't the player Cade was, and that's not what he was billed to be. The thing that made Cade the number one overall pick and makes him such a great player is he can do that half the time, and then other half the time he can spot up. Other times he can come off screens, off ball screens. Other times he can sit in a corner and create off of that. He can, he's able to affect games in every other area. So if you only put him in one box, you're not getting his full package. You're not getting the utmost potential out of him. Because what makes him great is he's able to he's able to post up. He's able to play make from the post. He's able to play make off the ball, off a kick out, and drive into an attacking lane and, and create for himself or something. He's able to create in the pick and roll. He's able to play in isolation situations. Like he's literally the point of Kay Cunningham and why everyone liked him so much because he checked every single one of those boxes offensively. You didn't have to worry about him only being able to do one thing. 
And for the majority of this season, I feel like you've seen him only have to do one thing. Like they haven't really used him outside of that. And they've picked it up more and more and more with him handling ball, handling, ball, handling, ball, handling, creation, all of that. I feel like that not only is it like tiring him out, I don't feel like I feel like that's kind of doing a disservice to him because you're you're putting way too much on his shoulders that he's just not capable of handling. That's why you see so many uh, a lot of turnovers for him. You'll see him. I think last night you saw him gas out a little bit because again he's just like the only one being asked to create anything. And for a young guy like Cade, who again was not built to just be a heliocentric offense kind of guy who does all the ball handling responsibility, you're going to see him gas out and 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 lose some of his legs and not and, and have streaks where he he's incredibly impactful and then other streaks where he he fades a little bit. So that in general takes me to the quote from Dwayne Casey after the, or I guess it's not a quote. I don't have the exact quote. This is a tweet from Rod Beard of the Detroit News. He says Pistons Dwayne Casey said he wants to find more opportunities for Kay Cunningham to play off the ball, which will free him up some in the offense. Let me let me let me give me just a second. Bryce, I hope you don't take offense to this. For you guys listening to this on YouTube, let me let me let me kick Bryce aside real quick. Let me look at you guys real quick. And I just have to look at you guys real quick. You guys probably know where I'm going with this and why I'm so incredibly furious. But I just have to look at you guys in the camera. Are we joking? Are are we are we serious right now? Let me bring Bryce back over here. Bryce, I'm sorry I had to kick you to the side real quick. I had to. I had all, to have... Hey, it's your show, man. You do what you want. <laughs> but. You know, it, it's crazy. If only, if only Kay Cunningham had a guard starting next to him who specializes in setting up other players, setting up players to score, giving them easier situations to score from. Only if he had that starting next to him, a guy who operates in the pick and roll well and is an incredible playmaker. Only if he had that starting next to him. Oh, shit. He actually, he does. That's, that's, and, and you know, if, if you go to my Twitter and you go on my bio, the last thing you'll see is the corner is a sign of respect. And that quote comes directly from Dwayne Casey, who says the reason why Killian Hayes is sitting in the corner is out of respect. And they wanted to get Cade the ball more in his hands. Now we're hearing a complete opposite tune of, well, we need to get Cade the ball off ball more. Let me say this. That is 100% truth. That is, they should do that. But the fact that, that it took this long and the fact that he, that, that we've sat here all season, wherever you stand on Killian, everyone agrees that Killian's better with the ball in his hands and he's good at setting up other players. That's where you get his value out of. So the fact that we spent, what, the first like 40-something games of the season not seeing him do that a lot and going stretches where he literally just stands in the corner, it it, it was always frustrating at that point. And it's kind of – I, I kind of want to say I refuse to believe it took Dwayne Casey to actually see this long or I don't know what was going on, but it, it's just irritating because this should have been the case all season. And they would have looked him and Killian would have looked a lot better if this was how I don't know if they actually will do it, but I think they would look better if they actually did, because that's how you make this backcourt work. That's how, what me and you talked about, Bryce, in the offseason, why we thought this could work. Yeah, I think it's a win win. Like, I think one, like whatever you think about Killian Hayes, like I, I think you're a little higher than me. I'm higher still than most. But you find out what Killian Hayes can bring your team. Like, that's what, I don't know that we've found out what Killian Hayes can really do or not. Partly because of the injury, partly because of how he's been used. But yeah, put Kate off the ball and you find out what Killian can do on the ball in these ball screen situations where you know he's going to pass it. Like, it's not like he's not going to get Cade the ball in those situations. He's a very willing passer. Um, you find out about Cade. Like, does he stay engaged? Is he able to do those things? off the ball eventually whether it's Killian or somebody else or whatever like 
this team has to acquire more offensive talent. There's somebody else going to come in that you're going to say, we want that guy to get 20 shots tonight. We want that guy to have the ball in his hands. And so Cade's going to have to get used to it. I think for the first three quarters, not all the time. I'm not saying you take it completely out of his hands, but yeah, let's let Cade play off the ball. Let's let him save his leg. Let's let him do all the other things. Be a good defender, rebounder, weak side, come over and, and get a couple blocks like you said he did on Friday night. And then in the fourth quarter, you put the ball in that man's hands every single possession and let him go to work, but he hasn't had to do it all game, so he has more energy and the efficiency is going to be better. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It just, it's, it's, it's just frustrating for me because, you know, it's like this should have been happening all season. Like this is how they should have been using him and Cade together. Uh, and it's just, you know, when I say him, I mean Killian. Uh, so it's just, it, it doesn't, it, it's kind of frustrating the fact that they, it took this long. And actually, I, I had something I wanted to say. I forgot for a second, but I remember now. Like you said, you don't have to go to the extreme with this playing him only off ball. Like this is, people go too extreme with it in both scenarios. Like earlier, like like a few weeks ago, there was a, there was a quote from Dwayne Casey about the corner of the sign of respect. He says he likes putting Killian in the corner because he can spot up. That's that's true. Killing shoots the best from the corner, but there's also an extreme that you can go too far with that to where you're just not even really using them. It, I feel like the Pistons have done that this season where, yes, it, that makes sense to, let's say, let's use the killing in the corner example, spot killing up in the corner because that's where he shoots best from. But there's also an, an extreme that you can get to where you're only putting him in the corner and now you're not getting anything of value from him at all. And then you have fans saying, oh, he goes, he disappears for too long of stretches. Well, Sitting in the corner is very – it's up and down. You're dependent on your teammates getting you the ball over there and dependent on your defender sagging in. Same thing with Cade. You want the ball in his hands, like Bryce said, in the fourth quarter making the decision in clutch times. But there's also an extreme you can go to where he has his ball the entirety of the game, and now the fourth quarter he doesn't have his legs. He's losing stamina. He, We've seen it just like in uh, Utah last night. He starts to lose his efficiency because you go too far with the extreme. The Pistons have to find a way to strike a balance right there with these guards. And I, I continue to say that these guards can fit together. They have the archetypes that could fit together. If the Pistons can just find a, ba- a strike this balance with each other of Cade played off ball and on ball. Killing, you sit in the corner sometimes. Killing, you create for others off on the ball sometimes. They have to strike that balance somehow, some way. And hopefully we see that before the end of the year. So that's what I wanted to ask. You brought it up. So I personally think Killian Hayes' archetype of player is what fits well next to Cade, offensively and defensively. Now, the one thing where it's not a perfect fit offensively is Killian hasn't shown to really be like a 40% three-point shooter. Maybe he has in the situations you're talking about. I I don't have access to synergy, so I don't know what he shoots like in catch and shoot from the corner situations. But I think a guy that can stand in the corner when necessary and space the floor and catch and knock down threes, but also a guy who can have pick-and-roll usage is the right backcourt running mate with Cade. And then on the other end, guard primary guards, excuse me, guard primary guards, so Cade can play a little bit more off ball on the defensive end. Now, whether it ends up being Killian or not, I'm not guaranteeing it's Killian. I think I would like to see whether it's Killian or not still, but I think that's the archetype. So to me, it makes sense to use Killian in that role, find out if he can be or not. If he's not, then go get the next guy. But I do think that type of player fits really nice next to Cade. And the thing is, is that as of right now, Killian is that guy on this roster right now. Future, we don't know if he's going to be that guy still. But as of right now, Killian is that person on the roster who fits that bill. So the fact that they just haven't been really using him like that is just frustrating to me. And to, to back up what you were saying, 
Killian Hayes is right now on the season is shooting 40% from the from the corners. And on all catch and shoot opportunities, he's in the 31st percentile, which they have his average. When he's guarded, he's at the 18th percentile. That's below average. When he's unguarded, he's in the 65th percentile. Very good. Uh, so they, they, there are some numbers to back up what you were talking about right there. Um, but when we come back, we'll, we'll drop that, drop it there. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some un- unsung heroes, apparently, that have now came out of nowhere and decided to play extremely well. We'll talk about them when we come back. But first, I got to tell you guys about another one of our spon- another one of our sponsors. This one is your guys' favorite sponsor, Bill Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, include a Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll actually want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. Or like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate at? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most food bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw, all, throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with food bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and it tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, and mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com to see what's new. Again, go to Built.com and use our promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15 off your order. Yes, that means LOCK15 promo code will get you 15% off your order at Built.com. Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Make sure you go check out the YouTube channel if you haven't already, at Lockdown Pistons. Best way to support the podcast, hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. But Bryce, man, we've had some, we've had an unsung hero happen as of late. Um, who, 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 do you, who comes to your mind first when we, when, we, when we say that? I mean, the guy that you have to be talking about right now is Rodney Magruder, man. Like, it, it's unbelievable. And I, I got to tell Pistons fans, like, you guys know I'm from Kansas. I grew up a KU fan. I'm sorry. Um, but so I hate K-State. And that's where Rodney Magruder played his college basketball. So um, the only reason I cheer for Rodney Magruder right now is because he's a Detroit Piston. But the last <laughs> the, the last three games, man, 19 points, 15, 15. And what, he's made 12 of 20. He's shooting 60% from three over those three games. Like, who knew he was knocked down shooter? So, um I know it, we talked a lot about, you know, Blahas as a pros pro. Like, it really is kind of impressive, though, that, like, he goes so many games without playing. And then anytime he gets his minutes, he is productive. I'm not saying all of a sudden he should be a part of the lineup. I have seen those tweets recently. But it, I, I do think it's worth mentioning to give him some love. Like, you know, he comes in, he ready to play, and he contributes. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll take it this direction. You got Trey Lyles on the team. Yeah, Rodney Magruder on the team, who was who was supposed to be traded for Bull Bull, but the Bull Bull, we already talked about what happened there. Uh, so we got two veterans right now on the Pistons roster. That trade deadline is coming up, and I believe in like two weeks it is now, uh, February 14th or something, 15th. Um, so it's coming up soon. You got these two veterans on the team who are, I, you would say, are performing above levels that you expect them to. More, more so Trey Lyles. He sustained it for a majority of the season. He's played better than people thought. You got the Pistons involved with trade talks with 
uh, or involved with trade talks concerning Jeremy Grant. You got some other guys that are popping on the trade market. Rashawn Holmes, Marvin Bagley. You got some other guys out there. Bryce, do you think that you could possibly see the Pistons into these guys? I think everyone, excuse me, I think everyone thinks that Jeremy Grant will not be a Detroit after the trade deadline. He will be traded. But do you think that it's possible we could see Trey Lyles or Rodney Magruder traded for with a second round pick or with Josh Jackson or something, two expiring contracts that could get, you know, get, get, uh, you know, entice the team to get rid of a bigger contract for some expiring contracts. Dude, that could possibly happen for the Pistons. I mean, at this point, it, you have to say it wouldn't shock you, right? Like who had Rodney Magruder to the Nuggets who are vying for a playoff spot? Like, I don't know. I don't know what they were going to use him. It, it seems to me like they were going to use him because when that trade fell through, what'd they do? They immediately went out and got Bryn Forbes. So obviously they were trying to get somebody like to fill some sort of need. I don't follow the Nuggets enough to know what that need is and why. But like, so it makes like if the Nuggets thought Magruder was good enough to possibly help them out, why couldn't another team who may be in a similar situation or Trey Lyles, maybe a team thinks they could use him as a small ball five with their second unit at times. Um, so, yeah, I'm not expecting a ton in return, but maybe one of them ends up getting flipped with the second round pick for a bull bull type-ish young player. And the nice thing about both of those guys, Koo, Rodney is an unrestricted free agent. Trey Lyles has a club option for next year. So essentially he's an unrestricted free agent also. Like those are both expiring contracts so they can be – you know, a couple month rentals. And so I think teams like that whenever they don't have a guy and they're both super, super low cap anyway. Um, or you attach him to Jeremy Grant and maybe it brings in something a little bit bigger. Yeah. I, there's a name out there that I want to ask you about before we go ahead and wrap up the podcast. Rashawn Holmes. Are you interested in him? He is yeah, I mean, said that he's, he's up for grabs right now. They're using him in trade talk, Sacramento. Are you interested in Rashawn Holmes? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Like, I, I have a hard time with this whenever all these names come up because I don't watch them 82 games every second like I do the Pistons. And so, like, I definitely don't feel like I have any sort of expertise. Like, I feel pretty confident when I come on to talk about, you know, a member of the Pistons. You could say Saban Lee right now, and I'd feel confident talking about him. What I have seen, what I do know, like, I do feel like I would be – Happy with that. Now, one thing I didn't realize is he's a little bit older than what I thought he was. And so that is interesting. So he's almost 30 already. Um, I think he's 28, 29. So, you know, you talk about the timeline and those type of things. But I, he is a big that, that I would be interested in. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate to see that move. Yeah, I, I'm interested in him. Just to give a little bit of background on Sean Holmes, then we'll wrap up the podcast. Uh, looking at his synergy chart right now, he ranks in the 75th percentile as a pick and roll man, which is a rating of very good. On the cuts, he ranks as a good, ranked in the 50, 56th percentile. Offensive rebound putbacks, 92nd percentile. They have his excellent in transition, 97th percentile, ranked as excellent. Um, so, and you, oh, and he also has that runner that everyone knows about, that everyone yeah, talks yeah, about yeah. all the time. He's in the 94th percentile among everyone who has runners. Uh, 1.25 points per possession. And then around the basket, not including post-ups, he's in the 93rd percentile, 1.44 points per possession. That's also excellent. Um, so I think he fits exactly what the Pistons need. A guy who can finish around the rim, catch lobs around the rim. He's excellent with all of that kind of stuff. He also has like an in-between game with that floater that is 
it's you know, Andre Drummond attempted a lot of those floaters for all you Pistons fans, but he wasn't very efficient with it. You saw it was like, God, why is he doing the floater? Rashawn Holmes actually is incredibly efficient with that floater. Uh, so he in between game uh, on like short rolls if he can't get all the way to the rim, and he also is able to catch lobs and finish around the basket extremely well. Um, he is 28 right now. He will turn 29 next year. However, this is this is what I want to say about about that. With Jeremy Grant, it's different with him being a main part of your core. You're going to be sure, paying sure. him like a, like a what what is it a four year 112 contract that he wants this offseason? Yeah, almost, almost 30 yeah, a year is what's been reported. Yep. Yeah, so that's different. Not you're paying an older guy to be part of your core. Rashawn Holmes, I, I, and this is something I want known to Pistons fans. I've seen this talk on on Twitter and among, in our comment section on the podcast. I want to make everyone understand this. The Pistons are in a rebuild. Yes. Should they be going out and overpaying for players? No. But their roster should not only consist of rookie scale contracts and vet men players. It should not. It, that should, it should not consist of only those two guys. And Rashawn Holmes has a contract that's going to be paying him $10 million this year, $11 million ne- th- th- the next year, and $12 million a year after that. And he has a player option, again, for $12 million after that. That's so good money. That's a good contract. Yeah, it's a really good contract. He's essentially being paid to be a starter or a high-level backup, which is what you pay. I believe that's right around what you're paying Kelly Olynyk too. Anyways. A little less. A little less, I yeah. think. Yeah, a little less than that. And that doesn't mean he has to be like you're, you're bringing Rashawn Holmes. That doesn't mean, oh, he's our starter of the future, starter of the center. He's your superstar. Like, like you, this team, and I said this on the podcast a few weeks ago, they don't need some superstar at center. You can get a low-paid low center who just fills in the needs you want. A, a lot of teams do that, like a Nerlens Noel type. You saw the, the Warriors, obviously, they had, like, multiple superstars. But they had Andrew Bogut. They had Zaza Pachulia. Like, you can get away with centers around there that fill their roles. And Rashawn Holmes is one of those guys who you'd be paying really good money for him. You're, he fills your role, and you can build around Cade. And he could be he could be starting for you right now. He could be, be uh, as a backup next year. Like, he's one of those – he's not, like, a guaranteed part of your future, and it would still be a good contract. Trading for him doesn't mean – Oh, now we can't draft whoever in 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 the draft at the center spot. And also, his contract is extremely tradable. So, in like a year from now or two years from now, you can trade him again. Like teams want Rashawn Holmes. He's excellent for what he does. Now, that's a really good point. I, you again, like you said earlier, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say that's a very tradable contract. Maybe the, the his value gets built playing as the five man for the Pistons, and then if something else comes along at the five that's better then yeah, like teams are going to jump over that, you know, jump on that contract, no doubt. So you make a really good point there that the age thing, it changes based on what the role that person is going to play. You know, we probably want our top two, three, four guys to stay a little bit younger so you can build them together. But kind of some of those tertiary moves, um, that age doesn't play as big a factor as long as the contract is good. I want to ask a real quick question, and I know we're, we're kind of up against the time more for me, so uh, but we're good. Um, Isaiah Stewart, do you think because of his lack of efficiency in the ball screen and roll, in the dunker spot, those type of things, do you think because he's not as good in that, it makes all these other guys look shinier to us Pistons fans? Like we see somebody catch a couple lobs, we're like, oh my gosh, like we want that. We some, see somebody in the dunker spot, oh my gosh, we want that. You know, we talked about Gobert before the podcast about how his gravity is different because he's a lob threat. So he keeps his man hugged up because he's going to catch a lob. Do we, are we to the point where we almost overvalue all these other guys because the guy we watch night in and night out just isn't very good at it? 
I, I think in some cases that could be the the case, uh, but it, it's gotten to a point. I think, I, I think that would be fair with certain things with certain guys, but it's almost, in my opinion, it's almost impossible to overrate that right now because of how much of a need it is for the Pistons. Like it's almost impossible, in my opinion, to actually say you're valuing it or rating it too much because of how the how the lack thereof that the Pistons have and how much it's affecting. Like for me. I feel like me and you were on the same page in the offseason too. You might have been a little bit lower than I was. I, I'm not. I don't remember cor- absolutely 100. percent But like that was my number one offseason target all offseason. It was your second one. Yeah. So like it was. It was my number one all offseason. I thought that was the main thing they needed. And I think. I mean, we talked about earlier in the podcast with Killian possibly helping Cade take some of that pressure off. Having a role guy, I think, would help Cade a tr- like a a whole lot. Like there was multiple clips I tweeted out yesterday where. Like, Rudy Gobert's not even guarding Isaiah Stewart. Uh, and it's just so hard for guys to get to the paint. Uh, it's not even just that. Like, you've seen multiple times that Cade looks like he has a lack of chemistry with Isaiah Stewart. He tried, like, it was like three games ago. He tried four different types of passes to get Isaiah Stewart the ball. He tried to wrap around. He tried a bounce pass. He tried a lob. He tried a chest pass. Like, he tried four different types of passes to get Isaiah Stewart, and all of them resulted in turnovers. So, could you be overvaluing the play or overrating the player? Possibly, but I, that could be happening. But the need and the the what you what the Pistons need that for, I think it's almost impossible to overrate it at this point. No, I agree with that. Like I just wondered if some of these guys, and I'm not take I'm not speaking to Holmes specifically. I I also think some of these guys, again, not to Holmes specifically, look better against the Pistons because they don't have anybody that really matches what they do. So I, I guess that was more so my point as fans. Is I agree with you. I think it's probably the. I, I definitely wouldn't argue that if it's the number one need. I'm I'm still not sure if I agree or not, but like it's definitely a huge need. It's definitely one or one B or whatever. I just wonder if in general, like we see a player that's halfway decent at it, but they look amazing. And I, listen, I love Stu. I know it sounds like we're bashing him. I don't mean it to be, but we watch Stu fumble those passes, not able to explode whenever there's a dump off in the dunker spot, those type of things. And so, like, th- that's the only reason I brought it up. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess a, a player that you could say I may have done that for was Obi Toppin. Like, just because I saw Obi Toppin catch some lobs and did how athletic he is, I was immediately like, oh, I love Obi Toppin. We need some of that. So that I, I'll admit that may be me doing that with Obi Toppin. But, like I said, I think that the need in general is just so desperate right now that the Pistons should be just willing to take just about anything they can get at that position. No, um, no doubt. I think for in the pick and roll. But – uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap the podcast up there. Me and Bryce actually cut the time short today. We usually go to like damn near 40 minutes. We're at 34 right now. So we did a good job today, man. Thank you, Bryce, yeah. for coming on. Let, no let everybody know where they can find your stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Motor City Hoops, uh, at Motor City Hoops on Twitter. i um, been doing a little bit more YouTube stuff. So check that out, the Motor City Hoops YouTube channel. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be on uh, Big D Energy Woodward Sports last week. And my little interview is, is on uh, the YouTube channel. And I, we got an exciting guest coming up, Nick Willis. I don't know if it's a name you guys will know. He was a former Olympian, four-time Olympian runner, but he's a Pistons fan, went to the University of Michigan. That will be dropping on Tuesday. I think that's going to be a really cool episode, guys. Um, talking Pistons, but also talking to a former Olympian about his career. So check that out after you listen to Locked on Pistons. Yeah, definitely go check that out. That's a very good, very good guest. It's going to be very interesting. I'll be tuning in as well. Make sure you guys all go check that out and support sure. Bryce over on Twitter, the YouTube, and his podcast and everything. But 
that's all we got today for today. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen every single day. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. Make sure you make Lockdown Bets your second listen of every day, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your podcast platforms. Until next time, guys, I'll see you later. Playoff football today. I hope your team wins or whoever you're rooting for wins. I hope your bets all hit. And like I told you guys, man, number nine is going into Tampa Bay. and He's sending that goat home. We'll see you guys on Monday. Peace out, everybody.